Kid, are you in position out there? Aye, lad, do it. Right, gotta test the fog on, gotta make sure it's alright. Cause you know what it's like now, mate. It's, it's spooky October. Eat half, dude. We've gotta get it right with all that fog coming in. Yeah, that's right, okay. So here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, my ears. They're a bit bloody loud, aren't it, Arkid? What? <laughs> I said it were a bit bloody loud. <laughs> I can't hear all that. Oh no. To do, I'll do a bit of semaphore down. What's the semaphore? Look. That means get another one on fire. I'm coming aye, down. Aye. Aye. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, kid. That oh, was a bit ringing. nasty, wasn't it? That is ringing. Wowzers. <laughs> Well, got me good. Oh, it's working though, Arkid. It's working, that's what counts. <laughs> you could hear that from me. Like, oh, wow. that was a bit mean, really. That. I, I, I should have been, put the oh. ear defenders on you. <laughs> so I don't know, I'll wax in there already. It's all come out. <laughs> well, the good thing is it's come out onto a fire. Look at it, it's blazing away, lovely. <laughs> it's certainly crackling, Arkid. Wow. It's crackling away at Kraken Cove. <laughs> I'm the, glad, mate. Yeah, the podcast that shines a beacon on the bazaar. And I'm Matt. And I'm Benny. We're deep into the Halloween specials now. We certainly are. It's getting colder and it's getting darker, Arkin, isn't it? Oh, wow. No, there's a bit of a wind, a bit of a wind whistling through the, uh, across the waves there, oh, and through the rocks. The moon's getting bigger and all. Yeah. Wow. It's cracking. But do you know what? I've even heard a few uh, few fireworks out on the mainland. Oh, all right, they're blowing them all right. They yeah. can't stop themselves. <laughs> scally bastards. <laughs> Weird dads and scally bastards. <laughs> <laughs> can't, afford, can't afford vegetables, we can afford bloody fireworks. Exactly. <laughs> All about chicken nuggets and fireworks. Come on, lads. <laughs> Play a game. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think now what we need to do to make up for you getting your, getting your ears blown out <laughs> is how about we have a nice bit of casting? Oh, yes, please. But I'm not going to be doing it. <gasps> because the great thing is, we've had such a good response from you, the listeners, uh, to Crack and Curve podcast. We've got another lovely episode of Listener Stories. Oh, they filled the pot. Oh, they filled the pot. So it's overflowing so much oh. that we're going to do it again next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got that minute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Got, so this week, what I've decided to look at is, is more sort of more strange incidents. We had quite a few ghosts last week. Yeah, yeah. And I think this week we're going to look at sort of stranger incidents. Well, I've chucked my lighthouse cap in as well. I had my day released, didn't I? So I've well, that a little bit. Well, that's the thing. So I've got to have a listen to those, you see. I've got to listen to your, your reports. <laughs> and what reports they are. <laughs> so, so I think we should settle down now, uh, have a little drinking. Yeah. And, and let's turn an ear towards the listeners' stories. Terrifying Tagratelli. Down. <laughs> Said that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep you that in. Oh. <laughs>
So this first story is going to be from Daz, right? So uh, I went around to Daz's house, went around in the Party Panda, which is the uh, you know the little unit that we use when we're not in the uh, in Kraken Cove. It's our main land tank. <laughs> <laughs> I was around to his house, and good enough to sell us a couple of stories. And he's had a few strange incidences, Daz. But first of all, let's have a listen to this one of when he was out in the woods. We're here today to talk to Daz about a few incidents you've had. So how are you doing, Daz? You all right? I'm really well, Matt. And yourself? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good, buddy. So first of all, um, let's start with sort of... Well, you tell me about it. What did you see? Well, there's been a few different occasions when I've seen strange things. Um, I think the first one is possibly the most bizarre because it happened in a place that not only it was a regular haunt of mine, okay, but I'm sure you're probably... In fact, I know you're well aware of because we once went right in there. Oh, right, so go on. down in the Full Neck Woods... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember yeah, quite yeah. some years ago, me and you went on a little bike ride through yeah. the woods. You brought a friend of yours along. We had a did, little yeah. tootle. You'd bought a new bike. I had new brakes on my mountain bike, with it, and it was a <laughs> rainy day. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the woods that are, that are in question. And many years ago... I was out on my mountain bike and it was getting to that sort of almost dusky sort of time of day and I'd been out for a while playing on my bike in them woods. Yeah. And I decided that the light level inside the woodland was getting a bit too low to be... A bit to treacherous. Be, yeah, yeah. Too, too, <laughs> too, too dark to be going as fast as I was. So I decided to make an exit and start and head for home. Now, as you know, the, the the climb out of there is is a bit of a lung burner after yeah, you've already is, yeah. been riding a bit. And I've always been a very sober person, not a drinker, and and, and always been a very, uh, somewhat a control freak. I, I'm not yeah. going to get into a state Yeah, you look after I, your health, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd stopped uh, to, to have this little break and, uh, and um, just a, a little old car park. You can't actually get on there anymore because they've fenced the area off. All now. right, okay. But on this little area... You could you could sort of see out over the valley. Oh, I know what you mean. You can look look right across, can't you, from there? I yeah. do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Just just after where the the, the two uh, pillars are. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was stood stood there, just just minding my own, looking out across the valley when fairly close, pretty much below me. All right. I I I noticed something moving through the woods, and and it was strange that I noticed it because the tree cover there is particularly quite dense yeah it is yeah yeah yeah. so as i'm as i'm sort of glancing down i can see a light source moving through the woodland and my Mm. initial instinct was that this light source was going to be a person like myself yeah on a bike yeah bright set of cat eyes so that they can go night riding yeah and they're, they're having a jolly time blitzing through the woods but on a slight closer inspection i noticed that this thing wasn't moving in that way. I know them paths down right. there very well. I know the lay of the land. Well, you also know the kit. You're an expert on that kind of kit, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah. I've yeah. Been, you, know, you know, I've been been there and done that and, and got it all and, and, you know. So you know what to look for. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it was, it was in the way that it was moving, I could tell that it wasn't following any of the paths that were actually in the woodland. And it was also moving in such a graceful and strange non-linear fashion wow. like, like weaving through the trees 
like, yeah. it, like it had purpose and it was moving in a direction but very fluid down the valley towards the post hill um, oh yeah yeah um but yeah very fluid and undulating so it oh, was wow. moving in and out of, of the trees but the strangest thing was that as i really sort of got to grips with the fact that this wasn't what i thought it was initially and yeah. started to wonder what is this yeah it became somewhat more erratic and, so, and, by, do you think through your observance well, of it? This is the thing. I think that I think that what was occurring was that the intelligence of whatever this item was, yeah, had, had cottoned on to the fact that it was being observed, and 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 I felt <sighs> like it was almost almost trying to communicate with me, and I got a strange feeling. And just as I got this strange feeling, this thing started moving in a. It was almost like it was following the same trajectory that it had been following previous, but then started moving in an ever-growing circle around that point as it was following the trajectory. Oh, I'm seeing it. Sort of like if you imagine somebody has got a light source on a string yeah. and swinging it in a circle and letting that string get longer and longer and that oh. circle expanding, but still travelling in the same direction. What through a the great books. description. So... You know, so it was physically impossible for a rider to do that. Absolutely physically impossible for anything to do that. Now we're talking way before the time of anything smart like um, drones and such. Yeah. But also in such a fashion that it was almost an impossibility. I mean, you think how thick the woodland is down there. Well, it is, it's super dense. So if you if you were happen to be swinging a light like that, you just get wrapped around a tree straight away. Exactly. But then think about if you were trying to if you were trying to hoax somebody or something and trying to sort of play a trick on someone, and you had some amazing bit of kit that you'd figured out. Yeah. How do you how would you move it through that woods, keeping perfect circles around a trajectory without it hitting any trees? You couldn't do it. It's impossible because I know I know those woods as well. And this was the point that I realised this is something that is a phenomenon that is way outside the realm of normality, and and cannot be anything, anything that I've ever seen or heard of. Wow. Previous. And 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 it's the sort of thing that I don't speak about because you know people are just going to dismiss it yeah. instantly and say you were mistaken or you saw ball lightning no i i, oh. I don't i don't think that i mean yeah. if, if anything it's like you could you could equate something like that as i say we, we don't know what the source of something like that would be but you could equate with things like the classic will of the wisp kind of thing yeah. which people thought was um well people have put it away as being marsh gas but marsh gas can't do what you're just describing no chance. you're talking about something in the woods yeah. what color was it by what color was the light so the, the colour of the light was very sort of all intense but soft at the same time. All right. So it, it was like, I, and, and from from the light that it emitted and, and, and from what I could see, I would imagine it to be quite a small item. We're talking somewhere between a football and and maybe something twice that sort of volume. Well, what gets me here is, you know, you can argue you're the toss. But um, yeah, you recognise a lot of detail there. So yeah. you've obviously observed. You were you were a sober uh, observer of what you've seen. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know the it, as I say, it was getting to that point where it was almost darkness. So yeah. to see a light 
in there, it's got to be quite bright through that denseness. Yeah. You know. It, well, as well as it, it, this is something I've heard before of a light that's very bright but not painful. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm looking at it, it did, and, and and I am quite photosensitive. A yeah. lot of the time when it's just even fairly bright, I'll, I'll have sunglasses on. <clears> yeah. Know. Always wear glasses to ride the bike with some kind of shading yeah. to them, you know. Um, well, so what? What did the? Uh, what did it do? So did it eventually just drift away out of sight? Yeah. So it it, it didn't raise itself out of the tree line. It didn't, yeah. you know, come and speak to me or anything like yeah. that. Although I say I did get that definite There's feeling that communication it, 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 it was sort of trying to let me know that through its yeah. maneuvering that it was aware that I was aware. So there we have Dazzy's account of his strange sort of interaction oh, in the woods. Oh, Dazzy, boy, that's a beauty, isn't it's it? It's good, isn't it? I love the idea, like, say, it's tight woodland doing such, you know, weird patterns. You think, it, how can it do that without some kind of intellectual kind of feel to it? Has well, it? well, the thing I really liked, especially with uh, Dazzy's account there, was he's obviously looked at it from every angle. We, we actually, we, we had a very good long conversation about this uh, phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. And... Neither of us could come up with a, a satisfactory explanation. And he's had a lot of years to think about this as well, and he's still not been able to come up with something that could have done that. Because that's what he'd like. He, he would actually like an answer. He yeah. would like to somebody to say, oh, well, actually what you saw was A, B, or C here. God. Never come up with an answer for it. God, that's creepy, isn't it? Just yeah. day, And again, you're just not believing what you're seeing sometimes, are you? Yeah. There's no answer to it. you just got to deal with it, take it yeah. home, will you? Well, those particular woods as well have got an awful lot of uh, history in those woods. Yeah. Uh, there was the, during the uh, the British Civil War, oh, right. uh, the uh, Roundheads and Cavaliers skirmished up and sat up. They did, there, the, the running battles up and down there. Wow. Yeah. And there's, there's also um, talk of there might have been things like Neolithic remnants down there. Oh. Lots and lots of history. And even down like Industrial Revolution, there's got so good and you find bits of old industry and sort of buildings. Yeah. It's, it, it's been a widely, it's a long inhabited area um, with an awful lot of history. So if you were to talk about it being a haunted place, yeah. it, is, it has got that feel, it's got a strange Definitely further there. on. Yeah. There's another bit of woods up there, um, Black Car Woods, well, yeah. and they are they are really I dark. don't like them woods. I don't. We, when we were snuck around as uh, nippers and that there, I just didn't like them. None of us like them woods. It is. It's yeah, a funny woods. Sinister woods. Funny area. Yeah. Oh, what a good tale. Well painted, Daz. That is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Thanks for your time with that. Yeah, thanks for that one, Daz. It was a cracker. <laughs> Right, we've got a story here um, from somebody who's contributed in the past. We've got one from G-Force. Oh, G-Force back. <coughs> Let's Yay. have it. So, yeah, so we've got G-Force. He's sent us, he sent us in a few stories, actually. Excellent. He's done, yeah, he stepped up to the plate. And, um, and the reason he could do that, because he actually visited the cove. Ah, now, lovely. I, I Papa G here. Yeah, he was. He was at the <laughs> cove, yeah. <laughs> socially distanced. Oh, lovely. Yeah. But uh, I will have to say now, unfortunately, the sound recording isn't quite up to the cove standards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a few little technical issues that we only discovered about afterwards. So who's to say that those stories weren't were bringing a little curse oh, there? Yeah, know. could well yeah. be. A crackly tape for a tale is good, though, yeah, so, so it's going to set it scene. Well, yeah, I think it's okay. So we, we've still still got the clarity. Uh, we haven't got quite the uh, quite the stereo standard yeah, yeah. that we normally have, but um, I think it's going to be good enough. It's the content that you're going to enjoy. Oh, so take it away, G Force. Oh, yeah. 
we've got a special guest today at Kraken Cove. We've got G-Force with us. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> a bit knackered after we're climbing up all them bloody stairs. But I'm, it's I'm not fun. easy, is it? It didn't. How'd you get after on with my age? How'd you get on with Robo Pete? He is weird. <laughs> what a weird man. I've met some weirdos, but he is weird. <laughs> so I believe you've got a few stories for us. Got a couple. A couple of three. Couple yeah. Of three. First one is weird. Back in, just to give a bit of background, back in the 70s, yeah. I was in the special constable in West Riding Police. And, you know, we used to go down on duty to a couple of times a week, you know. Yeah. And help out. So it's like a, oh, was it like a part-time job? Yeah, sort of thing? well, it wasn't a paid job or anything. Oh, right. You're a special constable. You're a volunteer. So you just got the outfit. <laughs> as, it, as I was called frequently, a pretend policeman. <laughs> well, it was a year. Thank you for your service. <laughs> but um, one of this particular one I want to tell you about was, it sounds disrespectful, but it wasn't. That in there one day, and we saw, there's a big a lad there called Dave. Well, I'm big. But he was about six foot six and weighed about four stone more than me. He wow. was big. A unit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, he, he came out of sergeant's office and said, uh, Are you with us today? I said, Yeah. He said, Have you ever seen a dead body? I said, No, why? He said, Come on, then you can come down to an autopsy with me. Oh, grief. I thought, Oh, thanks very much. You know. Always so, like a treat. It's like to know yeah. you've ever seen a steam train. Yeah. <laughs> twenty odd years old. You've never seen a dead body oh, in your life, no, have you? Twenties, no. So, all right, yeah, it's an experience. So, into Panda Car and off we go, trundling up this road to a crematorium. Well, there's a crematorium, and next to it, there's the mortuary oh, in right, a separate yeah. little ground. I'm with you. Yeah, you have yeah. to come in a different entrance, but it's yeah. you know. So you go up this road, turn left and down this dirt road. Yeah. And then in a lock gate in there. So we get in there and he parks the car and gets keys out and opens the door. He says, and he tries lighting and says, the lights don't work. Oh no. I said, oh, it's all right. I said, so you're in a mortuary in, in the, the mortuary, dark. In the dark. <laughs> Nobody else there. No, no. <laughs> so we're wandering about, wandering around, you know, trying to do it. So opens this door. And, <laughs> <laughs> the body is laid out in front. Of it. It's not in a drawer. Just laid on a slab. It's laid on a trolley. Oh my god! Did he have a blanket? Did he have a blanket over it? He had a sheet over it, but it was only across to his chest. So Edward out. So Edward out. You know, but when no. you walk in, in dark and vague, and you start looking at, then you see <laughs> the corpse laid there. Yeah. So anyway, the more we look. No way could we find out where the mains were. We found the power cupboard, but they yeah. were all locked up. I said, this is no good. He said, I'll radio back and tell him to cancel. The doctor, really, was coming to do the autopsy. Yeah. So uh, he gets onto radio and comes back. He said, too late, he's set off. We can't ring because in them 70s, there were no mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. There were nothing. So, all right, fair enough. We settled down to wait for him. So 20 minutes later, this what big Wolseley pulls in. Oh yeah. Lovely fella gets out, pipes his gas. Like, right, he said, let's crack on. He said, I'm in a rush. Well, well I'm sorry, but there's no power. No power? Oh, no. He said, well, we made all calls, you know, to see if we can get somebody out, but it's who's going to turn out, who's going to do it, who's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. who's bloke who normally runs it, where he is. So the Thomas, oh, let's have a look at him, let's have a look at him. So he walks in, so goes to, Lifts sheet up, looks at toe with label on it. Which <laughs> <laughs> you think you think you know you see all these films, don't you, with label yeah. on toe? But it's true, they have it a label on toe. So he reads label on toe, says blah blah blah, Mr. So and so, yeah, Mr. So and so, yeah, yeah. Eight seventy odd year old, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
um, found dead in his bathroom or something. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave's ticking him off. And uh, so, uh, he says, this is bad news. He says, I'm three days late getting here anyway. He says, and I can't get back for another three or four days. He says, and the family, you know, it's a shame. The family need the body back. Yeah, it's not fair. They, yeah, need, yeah. they need to grieve. Yeah. And they're really getting a bit upset about it. Yeah. He walks outside and stood there. He says, is this a private road? I said, well, it's a quiet road. He said, there's only, you know, them days who you couldn't go further than there's one house further down. Yeah, there. that's one, it. One flaps like it is now. Yeah, it's middle of nowhere. Just one it? house. Yeah, yeah. So he said, right, he said, put your car there and I'll put mine here, wheel him out. What, so, outside? Yeah, in, in gravel courtyard. <laughs> no way. Well, <laughs> the view from the main road, which is quite close, yeah. there were trees and fences, yeah, you had quite, no quite, chance of seeing yeah. it. And down this road, it was a big stone wall, a biggish stone wall. But if anybody had been walking right next to the wall, they'd have seen the cars there. But they wouldn't have seen... They wouldn't have seen anything because we're behind it. So it's and relatively it's getting, discreet. It, yeah. And he said, we better get a move on because it's getting dusk. Oh, no. So I'm thinking, is this right, is this? You're not thinking. Yeah. But anyway, we, you know, the, between us all, we get this trolley out, wheeling it across a gravel yard is no good, but we did it. So jiggling around it around Because he's got a big car, we could tuck it behind his. And yeah. And the car were there. Yeah. In front of it, so I think. So I said, let's have a look. Yeah, suspected heart attack. He said, right, that's what we'll look for. He said, no, no. And he's chatting away to this fella. What, to the, the body? The body. He said, we'll have you sorted out soon. We'll get you back to your oh, family. That's really quite nice, sir. Yeah. Well, it was lovely. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, you know, he's going to whip sheet off and get, no, no, no. Fold sheet. Go get another couple of sheets and fold each sheet back. So it was yeah. just his chest exposed. Oh, all right, yeah. And so out with gear, laid a <laughs> laid bag of tools on his legs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. And opens him up, opens his... He said, well, so, so he opened his chest. Opened his chest. He said, "Well, mate, we're going to take the heart out." He said, oh "Heart attack. We've got to look God. at the heart. We've got to prove it." Yeah. So now it comes with it. There's no blood, no mess. You know, you yeah. think, oh, got, no, no, straight down because it's been sat for a long time. So whether it's been dealt with or not, I don't know. But there were blood. Yeah. No blood. Sorry, at all. So he opens him up, and gets big. Cutters out and cuts his breastbone out. Oh, but that were a right sound, wasn't it? How we oh, <laughs> I, I'd move back about five foot by then. You can't have a look, you'd be looking anyway, you'd have to look, wouldn't you? you oh, watch yeah, it, yeah, yeah, I was intrigued, you know, thinking if I'm going to be sick, where's near yeah. this fence? <laughs> yeah, get over that, oh dear. So, but also we had to keep an eye on the road to make sure nobody wanders, you know, that nobody sort of took an interest. Can you imagine accidentally wandering in on that scene? Well, I'm out. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> but I say it was lovely with him and chatting away to him, so I'm like, you sorted out, and, you know, back to your family and, you know, it's chatting away what he's doing. We're just going to open up your chest now and have a look at your heart and make sure that's what oh, killed you. Oh, wow, yeah. So, breastbone out and everything, you know, Clump, clump, clump with big cutters and then, you know, so next thing you know, he's got his heart in his hand. He said, That's the heart. And oh, it's about the size of your hand. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's getting dark by this, or dusk. It's yeah, really dusk. Yeah. I mean, no torches. The police never had torches. Yeah. You know, if you had a torch, you'd be better off with a bloody candle. Yeah. Anyway, go put headlights on the <laughs> <part of> the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so the day I went around and put headlights on, and he's down, bent down in front of headlights at Kenai with his scalpel and his hat. You're kidding? I'm not kidding. Oh, there you are, he says. Yeah, I don't know what they're called, like, like a ventricle or something. Or something like that. And it was a black, it, that, well, how to describe size of it, really. Pinhead. Yeah. A pinhead size, black blob. Like a clock. In the, in the clock. valve of his heart. That's he what said, stopped it. That's what's killed him. He said, we don't need to look any further. That's a definite, you know, we don't have to take, do any more to him. So he's back up, plops it back in, breastbone back in, stitches him up. We wheeled him back in. Covered up. My God! <laughs> and he signed all paperwork and left paperwork with him. He said, "Right, lads, let's get off." <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> oh my teeth are all curled up like some animal. I'm all like all gummy. And, uh. <laughs> Can you imagine coming out corner and seeing that? Oh, the horror of it, though. You know, he's like got the eye in his hand, and he's just gonna start scoffing it. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it really shows what kind of like a vessel we're just walking around in, isn't it? It's like a, and it's just that just empty think, shell there. And just think oh. that all it takes to wipe you out is one little tiny Pinhead. pinhead black blob. Oh my God, I'm gonna lay off rum a bit, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too late, I'm I'm a time, Bob. Oh, at least you talk nice to him, I'm just slapping it about, yeah, you know what I mean? Get it over your shell, drag it out. <laughs> Get it on the gravel, no one will know. Get old bitch out here. <laughs> <laughs> Nice guy, yeah, he? he sounds it pro and all. Like. You, you want to be in anybody's hands yeah. in those situations, yeah. deft hands of that particular surgeon. Oh, definitely. Oh, G-Force, oh, back in day. God, oh, I can't remember stuff like this. He must have told the tale before. Oh, I, can't I, remember. I, remember his, I remember his place for the uniform when I was a kid. Did you? Know? you? Yeah. Maybe wow. not as much as Mozza did. I'll bet she did. He's a very special constable. <laughs> Benny's turn. You're not the only one roving about the Cove area. I wonder where you've been. Anyway, have you been out and about? <laughs> well, you gave me that day licence out, didn't you? And oh, I used yeah. it wisely, my friend. Did you have the panda? Oh, we're out in the panda. Well, yeah. Uh, screwing wow. around all the Cove area. Oh, you're bloody careful. That's my pride and joy, is that little <laughs> oh, motor? Mate, I'm always a safe driver in that. But I've got some juicy tales for you. And the first is from uh, Lord Tolson. Uh, the, the crazy get changes. You know when you go online and you can get like a lordship and all that sort of stuff. What? So he's literally a legal lord. He ain't got a manor house, but he's a lovely lad. He's a legal lord. He is a lord. <laughs> he's got the paperwork <laughs> and everything. His wife won't let him put it up over up like that. But he's a, he's an absolute lovely lad. A lovely lad. But this tale of terror is a belter. Is it's it? called the disappearing chicken. Hiya, it's Benny, still on day release from Crack and Core. I'm, I'm with Lord Tolson and he's got a spooky tale. This tale's called The Chicken Story. Now, would it a true story? Fully, 100% true, Benny. So you witnessed all of this happening? Witnessed it all. Um, just, it's more bizarre really than scary, is this story. I don't know, you've told me it before and I found it terrifying. Could you please <laughs> tell me in your own words, Lord Tolson, what happened that frightful day? It was a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and the chicken was roasting nicely in the oven. It was a lovely day, 
What, summer? It was summer, middle of summer, yeah. Could have been springy summer, sort of April, sort of May time. And the chicken came out of the oven. Red hot chicken, fully, fully red hot chicken. What, piping? Piping, we're talking, you couldn't touch it with that hot. Put it on the side, put it on the kitchen side, on kitchen work surface. Went in the front room for literally 15 seconds, came back, that chicken had fully disappeared, apart from one neatly, one neatly sliced off leg, and that's all that remained. Bloody hell, I didn't know about the leg. Yeah, there were one neatly sliced off leg, hadn't been chewed off, hadn't been ripped off, sliced, fully sliced. What back door open? The back door was fully shut. Where went dog? Uh, dog was in her bed on that on, in the kitchen actually. Do you think it could have been a ghost? Um, I mean nobody can be fully certain about anything, but um, I just have no idea where that chicken went. No idea at all. Could have been a ghost. Like I said before, story. It's more like it's more of an unusual mystery really than a than a scary story because that that chicken vanished it did vanish whether whether uh, whether it's uh it's, it's definitely paranormal without a doubt i've known you a lot of years now and lo- i love you like a brother and um, can i ask you a very personal question yes of course what did you have instead of the chicken uh, we actually just had a sandwich what about the roast veg and shit um we actually started making that because obviously you start making uh chicken you put chicken in, don't you? And then you, Very true. And then by tea time, then you start sort of everything else ready. But chicken went in first. What do you have in your sandwiches? Uh, I can't remember. Hmm. Okay, that's fantastic, Lord Tolson. Thank you so much for your time. A massive crack and goodbyes from Benny, and a big bye bye from Lord Tolson. Uh, t- see you later. <laughs> I know that fucking works. I can't do any more. Well, Arthur C. Clarke, eat your heart out. <laughs> He's terrifying, isn't it? Sorry about the noise quality. It's a really old tape recorder I get. He gets all the fancy equipment. I get like the old... I have to tape over now three to get that. <laughs> Unbelievable scene. What there? do you think, though? What happened to the chicken? I can't solve this mystery. Well, I'm of the opinion he's been roasting that chicken. So I'm thinking that is my theory. Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday, right? Aye. So people have been at pub walking and all that sort of stuff all day, you know. So. He lives in a quiet village, mass at the top of this hill, it's like miles away from anything. Or like there's an estate around it and stuff, but no, like, just pass about. Well, maybe like a country tramp. Well, sort of yeah. I, I think I've heard, my opinion is, somebody's been peeping in through his window yeah. Well, Tolson's fondling his chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more UFOs or something, especially with a sliced off leg, it's some kind of like chicken mutilation. Do you think it's like an early alien abduction? I think they're just testing it out. Yeah, they don't realise what it was, it's <laughs> yeah. an alien animal. <laughs> an autopsy on his chicken. <laughs> yeah, yoink. <laughs> Told you about her. Because the, th- the thing that the, with the leg being left for me, He's very much a sort of say, somebody says, well, I can't leave him with that hungry. I'm going to have the chicken. that's what makes it. If it were all gone, it's weird, but that's really weird with the leg perfectly sliced. You don't go think, steal a chicken and slice through leg. <laughs> I mean, right, I'd be fucked off if I weren't going to have a chicken. Fuming. I must admit, I'm a very much a breast man when it comes to chicken. <laughs> nice. Oh, I like the oysters. What's an oyster? Is when you get underneath the chicken, right? So you've got your little big breast. Oh, underneath. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> They're called bollocks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cockerel. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's these little sort of almost like in the shoulder, there's almost like a shoulder blade area of the chicken at the back. All right. And there's these two little moist discs of meat called ah. the oysters. And they're, oh, and I, I never let anybody have them because whenever <laughs> I do chicken, <laughs> yeah, I, snap them. I don't even have them on plate. Ah. I do straight hot off the chicken Ooh, and don't let anybody nice. else know they're there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, what, what do you think then? What do you think? I, well, I think UFOs or something. It's, something. it's just a paranormal. It slips into another dimension or something like that chicken. <laughs> it just slipped and they were just like, it just cut it off. It didn't take all the chicken. It just kind of opened up some black hole, wormhole thing. Well, it can't be anywhere in the house, can it? Because you'd start smelling bad chicken. Exactly. It can't be in dog because if a dog, if you put a roast chicken down for a dog, Mm. You know, you'd, you'd I'll tell you what it is, Matt. A mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I've got um, one that wasn't actually to be read out, they didn't record this one. Did All right. This is from Sam. And um, What, sent an email? Yeah, they sent us an email, sent a little message. Yeah. Or on we? parchment, they sent yeah, us a letter here on parchment. It just <laughs> arrived by, sort of like, <laughs> by pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So yeah, but it's, uh, it, it's, you know, it's a little gem, is this one? Cool. This is quite interesting. Great, this, you yeah. know. So as I said there, this is from Sam. And he says, as a child, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in a centuries-old farmhouse that my parents were renovating. It was a pretty idyllic childhood for me and my brother, and we had the entire attic converted into our floor. Can you imagine that? Oh, right, wouldn't it? Yeah. This consisted of two bedrooms joined by a large landing. So one summer afternoon, I was building something in my room when I saw my brother run out of the bathroom across the landing and into his room and slammed the door. I called out to him that I wanted to show him what I'd made and he shouted back from the garden below my open window that it'd be up in a minute. So who had just run into his room? Oh man, I just kind of got it really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and that started around 18 months of strange occurrences where I would occasionally catch a glimpse of this little boy and more spookily, wake up in the night knowing someone was sat on the foot of my bed but not wanting to open my eyes to see. And eventually we moved away. I grew up and began to believe it was all due to the overactive imagination of a child. I never told anyone what I saw. Now cut to eight or nine years later and I was working in a pub that my dad also frequently called into on his way home from work. One evening a regular asked me if I believed in ghosts. And I replied that I didn't, but I did have these strange memories of the farmhouse. So I told this punter about the story of the boy and the strange occurrences in the farmhouse and what I'd seen, and he agreed it sounded spooky. But then he looked over my shoulder and asked me if my dad was okay. I turned around to see him staring at me, listening to my story white as a sheep and I asked him if he was okay and he said I thought I was the only one who saw him oh no 
<laughs> not your dad all white and that, you know what I mean? It's like... You don't want to see your oh, old man no. like that, do you? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, no. I, oh, I don't know what I'd take the jelly with that. It's like, don't look now. You don't look now. Yeah, like that. Oh, strange scuttling him. You think, oh, it's my own child. You think, I can't see his face. Oh, that little footsteps and that, you know that a kid running in, that's always hiding. so sinister, little, yeah. With the child hiding in the oh. house. Oh. <laughs> and the thing is as well, the dad there will keep in shtum, wasn't he, to himself? And yeah. You're obviously thinking... You're not going to announce it to family, you've yeah, seen I'm little kids running around. Up. Yeah, that's, that's the oh, thing, don't shit people. And he didn't realise. I mean, really, I bet if Sam went back now and asked all his family, there's a good chance maybe mm, somebody Yeah, got something about it. Yeah. Wow. God, well, that's creepy. That don't look back ending though. Thanks very much, Sam. Yeah, cheers, Sam. So this next story is going to be um, a bit of a mystery. Ooh, I like a mystery, don't you? Yeah, that's what we need sometimes, you know. So this has been sent in by Howard. So thanks very much for sending this in, Howard. Um, looking forward to hearing it. And uh, yeah, take it away, mate. Last night, in bed, as I tried to go to sleep, I heard strange noises. At first I couldn't locate the source of the sounds. Short, sharp, whirring buzzes, soft but staccato, and becoming more regular as I moved my head around, searching the darkened room for the source. I thought it must be my short hair rubbing on my pillow, but it continued when I sat up in bed. I moved my head back and forth slowly, eliminating cricks, friction and other possibilities as I searched the gloom. I froze, and as my eyes continued to dart around the room, the sound intensified, even as I kept my head still. We've experienced strange noises in the room before, an inexplicable breathing a few years ago that sounded like a small child at the foot of the bed, that, after a long, panicky hour of trying to track it down, we eventually decided must have been something like a wounded fox cub in the back garden. But these new noises were definitely inside the room. The house isn't old, but there has been tragedy here before, and my normally fairly cynical feelings about the paranormal are most definitely more receptive to the idea of something other when I'm at home. I sat even stiller and started scanning the room slowly, purposefully seeking out something visual to go with the ongoing disconcerting whirrings that were still loud and clear. Was this the sound of something trying to break through from a thin place? And then I realised that the sound was coming from my own eyes. Only when I moved them horizontally, but an unmistakable internal sound from both eyeballs. I looked left, I looked right, left, right. I tested the effect for a while before reaching for my phone and with a different kind of fear rising, found myself googling noises in my head when I look sideways. I quickly found an article from 2011 by Larry Greenmeyer for LiveScience.com. 
Medical mystery. People who hear their eyeballs move. It sounds like something out of an Edgar Allan Poe tale of horror. A man becomes agitated by strange sounds only to find that they are emanating from inside his own body. His heart, his pulse, the very movement of his eyes in their sockets. Yet superior canal behysens syndrome, SCDS, is a very real affliction caused by a small hole in the bone covering part of the inner ear. Whereas it is difficult to know exactly how prevalent SCDS is, several reported cases define how it impacts the lives of those suffering from the disorder. Stephen Mabbott, a 57-year-old Englishman who has suffered from SCDS for six years, described hearing his eyes scratching like sandpaper every time they moved in their sockets. He returned to work earlier this month after successful surgery to plug a pin-sized hole in the bone covering the semicircular superior canal in one of his ears. Satisfied for now that I wasn't hearing a ghost, I lay back and tried to keep my eyeballs still. Eventually I fell asleep and by the morning the noises had subsided to a barely noticeable level. Soon even these residual fizzes were swamped by the volume of the woken world. I wonder if they will come back in the quiet dark time tonight. I'll let you know. That was Howard's story. <laughs> that was excellent. So well read. Such a fascinating horror, sci-fi, bizarre. You were, yeah. you were correct, like Poe or you know uh, Lovecraft or something. Yeah. That one. My I don't God. know about you, but I could listen to Howard reading Yes, he's totally there, isn't it? Absolutely. The thing is, as well, I do know Howard, and he's an incredibly restful individual to know. He's, he's such a lovely person, and I just love being in his presence, especially when we're having a few cheeky snifters. <laughs> but that story, I thought, oh, oh that was is. You just don't know where you. He's just flipping you, flipping you, flipping yeah. you. It's like, oh my God, where am I going? Look, kid's breath and wounded cop. <laughs> Fox cubs. Yeah. They're just like, wow, how it is. Can you imagine hearing that noise and oh, your eyes no. grinding around in your head? I tell you the most terrifying thing though, you should never, ever, ever do. Never Google your <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying tales out on the open road. I met a lovely girl called Egg Cheeks. Has she got a bit of a chicken story as well? What? No, no, this is totally <laughs> different to the chicken story. Don't be taking piss out of the chicken story. I do ever. I saw you said it's probably one of my favourites. I really enjoyed the chicken story. Good. Well, you'll enjoy M Cheeks either more or just the same. It's a fantastic tale and a fantastic girl. Right, here we go. Take it away, M Cheeks. Hiya, it's Benny on Day Release uh, from Cove, and I've got the lovely M Cheeks with me. Uh, I've known Emily four years. Mm, four years now, yeah. It is four years, four lovely years. So, have you got a spooky story? Uh, not a spooky story, it's more like a terrifying tale. Ooh, 
pray tell. So how old are you when this happened? I'm about eight. Eight years old. Mm, so about eight. I, if I remember rightly, you said you were around your dad's workplace. Mm-hmm, yeah, just at my dad's work, you know, messing around like you do when you're a kid. Who were you with? Um, my brother, my older brother. And where were your dad? He was just in his office, you know, but me and me and Lewis, my brother, shout out to Lewis. Um, we were just messing around, you know, around the, the rest of the workplace, really. Now tell me what happened. Um, well, I went in this room because my brother said, you know, go in there, go in there. Um, and he shut and locked the door behind me. Um, and the lights went out because I didn't realise there was a switch on the uh, on the outside, really. Oh, God. All the brothers, the fucking sods, aren't they? Mm. So, what, what were the temperature like? Could you see anything in the room? Well, it, it went really cold, like there was a draft almost I figured it must have just been coming from under the door because you know that's where drafts usually come from really excellent now can you tell the listeners what your dad does for a living he's an undertaker and what was in the room that your brother locked you into three dead bodies <laughs> and could you see these dead bodies after you know after your eyes adjusted to uh, no light in the room yes Ben you could see the bodies yes <laughs> What a cruel get! So you got trapped in a bloody mortuary with, what, three dead bodies off? Three, correct, three, yes. Three dead bodies and you were eight year old. What did it feel like? It felt awful. Um, I mean, as as your listeners may not know, I, I lost my mum when I was younger. Um, but none of the bodies looked like her. They mainly looked cold and, well, dead. <laughs> Emily, you're an absolute divine little girl. Thank you so much for your time and thank you from Kraken Cove. Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to say Kraken Cove is the best podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks for milking it, baby. It's a big <laughs> bye-bye from Benny and it's a big bye-bye from... Uh, M. Cheeks here. <laughs> See you. Love you. Thanks, M. Cheeks. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, M. Cheeks can come again, guys. <laughs> Sorry for the noise you It sounded like I was just scratching my ass listening to an ending. It's like an interview with a box of crisps. <laughs> so, sat there with sea brook and that. Oh, M. Cheeks, go on. I couldn't believe I was standing. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I had a balloon rubbing up my hair or something. You did, it's got that sound on it. But I'll tell you what, what a story. Oh, no, imagine it at that age. That twist you up, man. Oh, that And is... she's twisted. <laughs> You know that bit where you think he ain't gonna let me out. More a scream the longer I stay oh, in this no, room. That's a little sod of me thinking, oh. come on, you screaming there, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Poor Oh no, bless her. Thank you so much, Cheeks. But it's, it's character building, isn't it? It is, and she certainly is a character. She bloody well is, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> We're going to go back to Daz now. Ooh, Dazzy be back. And, you know, as I said before, this one, I, I, there's a few less. I mean, there's obviously, we've had a few ghosts and spooks and things like that in this episode. But I did want to kind of cover something which I, I'm really interested in, which mm. is, a, is, is a term. Have you heard of a term called high strangeness? Yes, I have, like, areas of yeah, carry Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, like, skinwalker around which is classes. Yeah, yeah. High oh, like you said before, like, thin places, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, massive yeah. Area Absolutely, you know. And I think there's some areas which can almost create their own thin places, yeah. create their own areas of high strangeness. And this sometimes incidents occur 
which are kind of baffling yeah. and you just don't have an explanation or even necessarily you can say oh it's this that or the other or understand what's going on sometimes kind of it's just weird to, yeah just watching into twilight zone yeah, and you're absolutely, just there yeah. witnessing it and i personally think this is uh, this is a good story this one this is from daz and this is him entering an area of high strangeness oh, cool. so the second one also this is another one where it's a very bizarre occurrence I'm, I'm sure for, well, I know for a fact that you're going to know the road in question. So, you know, when you take the road from, if you cross the, the Tim Bridge at Ben Ridden. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it very well. That quiet Carter's, road on the other Carter's side. Carter's Lane yeah. up to Langbar. I know it very well. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So, so One of my favourite roads. Oh, mine too. I yeah. love that. I love getting on that stretch of road. It's that first bit of real countryside yeah, that you see great, from this yeah. area. And yeah, so... I ride that road regular and and very late night on my own in the summertime. Yeah. I like to go out and so I know what that area is like in the dark. And as you're well aware, when you not so not so many miles away from there, yeah. you've got the Memwith Hill airbase. That's right, yeah. So this is a, you know, a US airbase on a US soil. listening station. Yeah. From and it's does sin- it hike back to the Cold War, does it? It does, yeah, it does very much so, yeah. But it's a very sinister place in itself, isn't it? You know, it's American Air Base, so it's like it's a yeah. bit of a strange thing up there. Yeah. Looks very well. Locally, they're known as the golf balls, aren't they? That's you know, right, that's right. And I'm not too sure if, if you remember or if, if you ever heard, uh, I remember somewhat probably about maybe about 15 years ago or so, I remember hearing a tale on the news about cars passing by the gate entrance to uh, to Menwith Hill dying engines dying completely oh, really and a massive amount of occurrences of this you know and, and and not just like old bangers this was like brand new cars you know what the, like, yeah. the other people out there are driving you know well like that could be a case that could be a case there which harks back to one of our other episodes which are like sonic weapons and their uses absolutely yeah yeah, yeah so maybe they've got some sort of uh, sonic weaponry in there that the, the EMF device or something that's shutting the car killer the car ki- absolutely <laughs> let's test this on the unsuspecting yeah. Cecil oh they're just Cecil giggling they got a bit bored <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jack what does this do boom <laughs> <laughs> let's point it at these guys yeah. and see so so yeah so you know the, you, you, you're expecting you might see something you know in the yeah. skies around there patrolling the skies maybe helicopters or something yeah. but but this was a night when I was out with my little brother. Now he's got um, he's got an open top little roadster car. Very cool. Yeah, and and it's a little MGTF, and it's and it's a smart little car. It was a hot summer's night, and I'd said to him, "Do you want to see these roads that I've, I've yeah. been telling him about this the, the roads that I've been riding late on a night?" And he said, "Let's let's go for a ride and see." Now, there's a particular point on that on that road that's not. As, as high as it gets but you when you're starting to get quite high up yes and just after you've passed a load of um, bungalows and such you I know you to mean. a point where there's a little footpath through a field that drops off to the left right okay yeah so at this particular point this a strange phenomenon occurred now this is also a point where one day when I was out in the daytime with Linda we came to this point. I told her to stop the car quite, quite of a suddenly, and she stopped. And then she said, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Don't you see it there?" 
and there was uh, a little a little deer in the rod, a bit, you know, oh, a, right, a, yeah. a little baby deer, little yeah. baby deer, a fawn, a fawn. That's yeah, the one. See, yeah. There was a fawn stood in the road, and and after a few seconds of us being stopped there, it realised we were there, and and sort of ran and jumped over the fence. Right, cool, yeah. So this very same spot, like I think we're talking maybe a year or so after this 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 deer spotting, this this fawn spotting with Linda. Myself and, and my brother are driving along in this car late night and as we came up to this point, in the middle of the road, there is two baby owls. So being the gentleman that we are, we didn't want to squash these little... these Baby little, owls? Baby owls, yeah? yeah. Now this is a hot summer's night, it's probably about coming on for about half 12 at night there's nobody around you know and i'm not sure why they were stood on the tarmac you know but these things were these things were that young that i wasn't sure if they could even fly i'd wondered if maybe they'd fallen out of a nest and were in some sort of a distress because yeah as we came with the car and stopped somewhat probably probably about 25 metres no probably less probably about 20 metres away from these owls um, we, we killed the engine yeah. and I stood up in because it was an like, open yeah. top car I stood up I wanted to get a proper view with, you know outside of the windscreen so I stood up to look at these things and they were just not perturbed by us one bit. Yeah. Just stood looking at us you know yeah. as if as if everything were cool and we were no threat so what did you do? Well, we just just waited to see what they were do- doing. And after about 45, 50 seconds of us sort of saying to each other, what's going on here? I yeah, this yeah. is strange. You know, they, they decided that they'd had enough and they, they actually flew away. So they weren't that young that they'd fallen out of the nest. They, they, right. they, they, they You know, they could fly and they, they flew off. And then as we were saying... As 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 I was sort of looking at him and saying, "How strange is that?" Yeah. Out of the corner of my eye, I see what initially, again, thought to be an aeroplane moving across the sky. Yeah. But within the space of time that I was speaking to him and I've noticed this, I realised that the lights on it were different. Yeah. And, and they were coloured lights as if on some kind of an aircraft, but they weren't like anything. They did, they were, the, the coloured lights weren't flashing like you normally get on an aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't seem to be in the same sort of pattern as an, as an aeroplane. I see what you mean, yeah. Um, but there was like a, a red light and a white light, and this thing was moving across, and it, but... It was quite difficult to get a gauge on what size and what distance this thing was. Yeah. But I would have estimated that it wasn't huge in size, maybe something maybe something about thirty five foot across at maximum. So sort of about a plane size. Yeah, small very small plane yeah, size, you, could argue, you know, yeah, mi- yeah. you know, micro light or, or something. And and I thought that possibly being there it could be a drone, some sort of military oh, drone. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, Again, it makes sense. Wasn't yeah. too high in the sky. Wasn't too far from men with him. Yeah. And there's also a, there's an army training base nearby there as yeah. well. Uh, so it could be any any sort of military kit that they're testing. Was my initial thought. But the strangest thing was that when I said 
to our kid, here, check this out. He looked at it and it's, again, it's, it's behaviour started to change somewhat. It started to move a little bit more rapidly and more so as if it was starting to come in and swing about in an arc towards our direction. Oh, right. Which seemed somewhat ominous. And then at the same time, you know when I said before of these other craft, I got a feeling that it was observing us, observing it, or yeah. me observing it and such. Well, I again, this distinct feeling, and it felt, it seemed like it turned a, 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 a beam onto us. So imagine like... Um, an invisible light like a blue beam it was like a blue beam that you couldn't really see but almost but, like you, 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 you some part of your mind was seeing it in a way like almost like a black light you, yeah, yeah like it's just on the edge of the visible spectrum yeah. you know and 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 it seemed to be shining this light at us and then at the very same time as this light seemed to be shining on us we both got a, a, an ominous kind of feeling and as we were, as I was about to say to him, "Let's do one," <laughs> we heard a vehicle approaching from the rear, and it seemed like it was gassing it. No way! It, it, yeah. it sounded to me like a big Range Rover or, or military Jeep yeah. or something like that. And at which point the clutch came up and we were off. The little the little triumph for us. Luckily, being a small roadster, this big thing, whatever it was, did yeah. not catch up to us. And and we were that intent on getting away. And again, tree lines and, and undulation of road, this thing suddenly, you know, before long was, was quickly out of our vision and we were just intent on getting out of there. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I mean, for me, that's almost like black ops stuff. It's a bit more scary, military something bizarre there yeah, yeah yeah but what are they doing out there that they don't want, want us hanging around and 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 but also the the bizarrity of those owls made me think that is it connected to something ufo yeah. because i mean i think i think i heard in one of your in one of your previous podcasts the mention of psychopomps yes yeah, indeed. So you know these so apparitions of birds and, and of a certain type sometimes bring on these weird phenomena. Yeah. And and again, well, it's also you, you, know, you can argue you've got like a, a mini Mothman there, aren't you? Yeah. Two mini Mothmen. Exactly. But they, you know. they do say as well. There's there's, there's a, a sort of school of thought the idea that um, small characters, huge eyes. You know, it could be yeah. the kind of thing where you know your mind. They, I have heard this before, where the the idea that if it is something not of this world is adopting a look that you can get your head round. But yeah. then again, also deer, big eyes, small, long limbed. Yeah. Oh man! Could it be a portal? <laughs> could there be some kind of? I mean, because up there, there's some strange stuff. Yeah. It's strange things in the landscape, and and some of them are man-made, some of them are natural, um, but also not too far from there, we've got the swastika stones as well. I was only there about two weeks ago. Brilliant little So place. there you go. Well, what what we could have there is got ourselves in a bit of an area of high strangeness, is what I'd say. Very odd. For sure, definitely. <laughs> right. So, right, I want to know now, what do you think of that? 
What's the, your opinion? I tell you what, it just tells me like a Twin Peaks stroke, Stranger Things. Very the real. owls yeah. aren't what they seem. No, I don't think they're so. They're Lynchian, isn't Massively, it? Massively, yeah. Especially that kind of weird white light, and then suddenly minutes are just like, oh, we've got another one, someone's going to get probed, get out yeah. there, or something sinister. That's Brilliant it. tale. Well, but the thing is, as well, every aspect of it you could sort of dismantle and say, well, it was just an aeroplane, no, it was just an owl, it was just uh-huh. a deer, it was just a car coming. But then you add them all up on like a little sandwich. Yeah. And you got yourself an odd encounter, haven't you? Mate, that's a club sandwich. That's a big boy, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the sort of thing that comes with a pickle and needs a cocktail <laughs> stick to hold it together. <laughs> Full Scooby-Doo snacks. Yeah. Mate, no, there's a lot of layers there, isn't there? I love yeah. that bit about that. You, you, it presents itself in your brain with something you're familiar with, the long-legged deer type things, yeah. and then the, the owls type of thing. You're just tripping out, trying to make sense of this bizarre phenomenon. It could be greys. Oh, mate, mate Daz, you were so close to getting probed. You <laughs> <laughs> thank God for that little speech to car, man. That's yeah, cool. That's it. I, I love the imagery. You could find it with his ass all called out. Mama. <laughs> 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 Right, this next one is it's another story from G-Force. Oh, the Force of G. The Force of G. <sighs> yeah. So it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. We go, we're going to dip our toes into the macabre. Oh. Yeah. So um, without further ado, I think you oh. go for it, G-Force. Tell us the tale. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> so do we have any more stories from the police files? <laughs> <laughs> The Spectre Files. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one is a bit, bit of a lead into it, but it gets there. This is about a robbery back in 1971. Right. In August in Blackpool. Five thieves yeah. went armed with guns, broke into a jewel or went into a jewel shop to rob it. Yeah. They didn't see the manager in the back room who triggered the alarm. All so right, by the yeah. time they were coming out, because they were faffing about in there, back yeah, south yeah. of it for the ages, by the time they were coming out, the police were virtually rolling up. Yeah. So the first copper gets out, unfortunately, he gets shot. Oh, and what? wounded. All right, yeah. So they're a determined bunch of idiots. Yeah. So then they dive into this van and try and make an escape. The van crashes, they go up. Whoa. There's all sorts of chaos. They go up a one-way street. Yeah. By accident, and the police and getting, getting and the chase. police are chasing them. Wow! So finally, there's a chief superintendent, Jerry Richardson. Yeah. Who gets to the back of this van when this bloke Sewell gets out right. with a gun, and Sewell shoots this uh, Jerry Richardson and fatally wounds him. Whoa! He died in hospital. The after- name Sewell actually rings a bell. Yeah, yeah. But so this chief superintendent was a the youngest and bravest one yeah, is the yeah. old, is the highest ranked police officer ever killed in the line of duty. Anyway, so he would be put himself right yeah. out there then. Wow. Three of the gang were arrested at the scene. Yeah. And so two escaped, one of them this soon. One of the gang was eventually arrested about four or five days later when he went to his daughter's Jim Carner. You're kidding me. No. They knew who we were. They knew all of them. And, but they knew, so they're obviously <laughs> thick as treacle, these guys. They weren't the brightest. <laughs> yeah. the so, but anyway, this uh, Fred Sewell was on the run. Fred Sewell, cop killer, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 
um, his name was actually Fat Fred. Not not an individual you could blend. Right. It would yeah, have it a chunky lump. It stuck out like a pop brick. Yeah. <laughs> and they knew he was a London criminal. Right. So obviously they were looking everywhere for him. But the manhunt was everywhere. Yeah. And say so I was in the specials then. Yeah. But this this particular night and gone on duty, they were making it. I can't remember the name of the lad who were on with me. It was another special that we yeah. pulled up. Yeah. And just we were polling the people were milling about in the sort of parade room thing. Right. And this the desk man came and said, I've got a phone call here about Sewell. So oh, wow. the whole place went quiet. As it would, yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. And the sergeant, what is it? He said, just weird blokes on. He said, telling me they've got working a Ouija board. Sorry? A Ouija board. Really? Yeah. And they've got this name of where he is. What name? He says, London Road. He said, they've done it three times and it's come up London Road three times where he's hiding. On a Ouija board? On a Ouija board. So, well, normally I wouldn't bother with this. And it designates Mick and a female police officer. Yeah. And I don't know her name. Yeah. You two, get yourselves down there. So they got the address and went down there. Right, he says, uh, London Road. Let's get fine, see if we can find you two, get maps out. Yeah. Because in them days, there's no Google. Nowadays, yeah, well, you just Google it, wouldn't you? Well, you know, it's a funny thing then. I'd have thought, oh, well, you know, and you think, no, it could be, no. and of course, it could be Manchester, it could be London, it could exactly. be anywhere. Well, anything that leads towards London. Yeah. So, me and this was a lad, we're digging everybody's car maps out, we've oh, got maps for London. <laughs> when you said digging you maps out, I'd imagine there's like a map room in the police no, station, no. people's cars. Car maps, <laughs> yeah. A to Z. Yeah. <laughs> London Road. Wow. And we're rooting through. Anyway, about an hour and a half, two hours later, we're still in there messing about. Two or three other lads had come back, officers had come back in from the room. And these two came back. Yeah. What from the from the from, from, from was it a sound? I don't know what you call it, but they, anyway, to, if you, I'll go through it and then you decide yourself. It's the same. They came back in. They were great. They weren't really? white. They were great pair of them. No. And uh, I sort of like oh, they'd literally seen a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Get my bro on. So we made them take this Mick. who was a nice lad. Yeah. He was shaking. He was shaking yeah. like a leaf. And girl was a lot better than he was, but she was still great. She was sat down, you know. Wow. Well, it took a while, but eventually they came out, you know, Sergeant wanted the full story. Yeah. Got any more information. He said, well, they turned up at this house down in a place called Victoria's. And it looked like a Victorian house. Yeah. And they went, sort of, the garden was old-fashioned. They went in an old-fashioned door with, then what they call it, glazing on Oh, fire. yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they went in and there's big bulky furniture everywhere and trees. So, so they went into this. Yeah. There's four people in, two men, two women. And they went into this sort of what you call a lounge. There's a table in the middle of the room with a, a red, I think it's a damask cloth they described it as, like a. I know what you mean. Like yeah. A, yeah, like a lace sort of, Yeah, I know you. Yeah. Like almost like you see in classic pictures from the Victorian yeah, era of yeah. like, to, you know, like the lady killer's time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, there were four people then, like I said, chairs around this little table. And it right, one brightly lit. So they said, you know, come on, tell us what you've got up. She said, well, three times we've done it, three times we've got London Road. We're trying to get more to find out whereabouts London Road. She said, but we thought you should know because obviously 
Yeah. Everybody wants this fella found. Well, as far as these people who do this are concerned, that's almost like that's like it is like us going to Google. That's yeah. their equivalent. They believe yeah. it thoroughly. So yeah. yeah. So look, sit down. We'll do it. Oh no 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 no! The police won't. Really? <laughs> won't have to. We'll watch. Yeah. Oh, so they wanted them to actually take part in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah. no, no. Yeah. They were bottling it. I don't blame them. I want them to come in there. Yeah. So anyway, these four people sat down and they put the finger on pointer thing that moves. Yeah. Dimish in there, and these two stood well oh, back. Oh wow. And is anybody there? And all the you know little fingers, and it moved to yes. And as it oh. hit, they got onto the yes. There was a thump. Oh no. Oh, from floor above. No way. Oh, right. We're looking for the murderer of Richardson, Mr. Freddy, Fat Freddy Sewell, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us where he is? And it moved to L. Right. And there was another bang from upstairs. Another bang. And it went all London, spelt London. And every time it went to a letter, there was a bang from upstairs. Good grief. And it, you know, you sort of think, oh, somebody's up there doing it. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't time it so perfectly that the minute that pointer went onto the letter, was the bang happened. Yeah. And that's the London Road. They did that three times for them. And they couldn't get any more information. Just London Road. Just London Road. Weird. Yeah. So, anyway, they took the names, addresses, and everything, and left and came back and said, they were shaking for ages and ages. Yeah. And ages. Absolutely. We weren't right off either. No, I can imagine. <laughs> we, you know, we had that, you know, we found London roads all over it. You know, yeah, well, that's Bristol, not, yeah. Manchester, Leeds, and, you know, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. So it wasn't the right lot of help. So Sergeant said, well, I don't want to bother telling anybody. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. He says, I'll, I'll have a word with Inspector, and off he toddled, and that was sort of last bit we heard of it. Yeah. But this soul was finally arrested in London, yeah. in a flat, 45 days after the killing. 45 days. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that he could have been anywhere. Oh, yeah. He could have been anywhere, but he was in London. Yeah. So you could, it's something there, wasn't yeah. there? Some connection. It's just, just the sheer terror that yeah. still showed. Well, that's it, and especially with the bang from upstairs and everything. Yeah. Who's to know what was beyond the veil? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, they're thinking, oh, there's somebody, you know, yeah. somebody's going to be upstairs doing this. But how can they see? Yeah, you know, because they, yeah. they could hardly see. And, in the room. and to what end? Why would they do it? Yeah. What's the point in getting police around, doing this, creating this atmosphere for? Yeah. for oh, they for were deadly serious. They thought that was out there. It wasn't theatre. They, they, was... they, they were, they were, they were upset. The fact that they couldn't get more information. Amazing. Yeah. Well, they did the best they could. They didn't did they? the best they could. Anyway, this fella got 30 years. <laughs> and well, he did 30 years. Yeah. There was no remission, no time off. Yeah. He did the 30 years. Well, I bet he didn't have a decent time of it while he were in either. <laughs> oh, well, you don't know because he was a wealthy bloke. Ah. And this is why it was stupid. Yeah. He owned garages and property all over London. But he still did this. And he, st it, it was, he just had a cash flow problem, apparently. Good grief. Kill a policeman for a cash flow problem. Yeah, he sold all his gear off, all his buildings and everything when he was going down for thirty years. When he came out, it was a, 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 a massive million in property development and investments. Oh, so no justice. No justice. <laughs> no justice. There we have it. Whoa, G, G Force. 
doing the beat back in Victorian days. <laughs> <laughs> That's how like it a, is. Like a Victorian it? version of the Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all the hundreds of years ago we were out there doing it. Oh, hundreds of years, <laughs> you cheeky get through. This is 1970s. Oh, that? yeah, so I've got it. You've got to remember all these guys now spilling out the back of a van with sawn off shotguns. Oh, that's better. I did like Jack the Ripper type of beer in my head with What, where van coming from? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tale, though, and it was scally ears. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did a little bit of research looking into this afterwards. This fat Freddy saw. And he, uh, yeah, yeah. Villain, wow. proper, proper villain. Proper villain. He was like you, you get your gangland kind of lunatic sort of yeah, thing. You yeah. know what I mean? He would, he's fingering all sorts of pies. No, but the uh, some of the gang members, uh, including Fat Freddy Sewell, uh, had um, had links to the Hatton Garden job sort of thing. You know what I mean? Or sort of like casing sort of like other robberies and things wow. like that. You know? So it looks like they could have been part of like a like a. a, a, a a load of jewel thieves, also like clubbing in, doing all sorts of like shenanigans. But there was also, um, when they've said before about them being found in London, mm. where they all headed first, or they all split up, you see, in different directions. Yeah. And um, Sewell actually went first of all to the Lake District. Oh. He, he shot off in that direction, so took all the back roads, stayed up there a few days, went down, travelled to other different areas, and eventually ended up in London. But he, he literally could have been anywhere in England because yeah. he had enough money to buy whatever he wanted. He could have come to Leeds, he could have come oh, up to Newcastle, gone to the coast. Or he could have gone to Hull uh, and, and got a boat across and yeah. laid it to the continent quite easily. He went to the smoke. He went to the smoke. Just one thing and all though, you called him like a proper psycho, didn't you? Yeah. And you said Fat Freddy's out and he's loaded, he's a millionaire. I'm not going to call him, but I think you sound pretty cool, Fat Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe he's dead now. Oh, I'll do. I was worried about my kneecaps <laughs> for a moment. But I tell you what, that seance sounded good, didn't it? All the Victorian house, yeah. right? All dawn, like four weirdos in there. Bangy roof and that. Yeah. Wowzers. Well, I think, I think to call them weirdos is a bit harsh. Oh, <laughs> no, but, you know, it, it sounds like they were, um, how could I say, it were like old for that era, yeah. wasn't it? You know what I mean? Like a proper seance. Well, room. I think there's, part of, there's a lot to that. I think these actually almost like creating the atmosphere that is more um, conducive to the spirits arriving. Yeah. Could, like say if you had a load of neon going on and <laughs> yeah, like disco. a load of disco going. Yeah, yeah you're not gonna get the <laughs> <You're> roller skater <laughs> seance. <laughs> roller skater <laughs> seance. Oh, There's a movie that needs making <laughs> Roller seance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could have the whole dance floor could be a Ouija board. Just a blindfolded woman on roller skates going, yes or no. She's moving on a road. Just rolling around. But I found it, I found it incredibly interesting. This one, I did find it great. Again, it's. It's a question of interpretation. Did they get that by chance? Was it good guess just to say London? I don't know, but either way, it's the idea that the police are going to go around and watch a seance yeah. for clues. It's weird in itself. That's isn't it? Again, that's a movie in itself. Yeah. Isn't it? It's just really it's good. I, well, this, this, this whole thing would have made make a great movie. Yeah. Go on, G Force. Yeah. Pulled it out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, once again, it's getting late at Kraken Cove. Yeah, it is getting late yeah. at kid. The embers are dying down on the beach fire we've got going on here. Ain't it? Well, tell you what, you, you said earlier, it is getting cold, isn't it? It is getting darker, a lot darker. Yeah, what would be ideal now, you see? If I had a way now, we've got to look out for the light, we've got to make sure the fog horn's working. That won't happen. I'd love to be able to go down the pub. I know, but I'm a bit of a stinky hangover of our kid. I've been down already. Have you? I have. It was the last of my uh, day release, and there's one man I needed to talk to. Who do you have to go see? Well, it was one of those. I knew Pete had a few stories. Our old friend Robo. Oh, I've right. done a few apologies already about sound quality with my little uh, day release recordings. But this gets messy fast. <laughs> and I'm sorry about this, you know what I mean? A few sherbets were flowing. I got there late. Pete had been on piss already with uh, Captain Audi all day. Oh, and then, no. he, you know what I mean? I turn up and ask him, anyway, let it speak for itself, I well, you know what I mean? Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> Hiya listeners, it's Benny. On my last visit on my day release from Cove, and I'm sat in local pub the Mermaid's Barnacles with Robot Pete. Luckily his mate Captain Audi is playing pinball, so I get a chance to hear Pete's frightfully fishy tale. Now Pete, please start at the beginning and tell us your spooky tale. Wait, what? I caught the biggest fucking fish I ever saw. It was like a whale. A, a whale? What? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> I clipped it together and set fire to go. I smashed them sharks. The swish didn't get. The ocean was wet with me killing it. <laughs> it was wet. <laughs> Wowzers, Pete, you're off your end, dude. I didn't understand any of that. Sorry, listeners, this one it's oh, sorry, Arkin. This was a terrible idea. Pete, just just say goodbye to listeners, please. Happy Halloween, you <laughs> oh, Sorry, listeners. Benny's day release mission is over, and I'll see you back at the cove. Uh, uh, sorry mate, I've only got a couple of quid. You, yeah, take that, get a pint of stout or something. Alright, see you later, Paul. Well, bloody hell, fire. <laughs> I don't know what to say, I can't. <laughs> I, mean, I thought I was going bring to bring home some bacon for you, but... Well, I have to say, M-Cheeks was good. That was yeah, really good. Yeah, M-Cheeks was great. Lord Tolson were good stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. But bloody hell, fire. Ain't the first you time You should be like, going out basically robot. Oh, no, I don't know what you were supping. It was, oh, I don't know. Oh, man. He ain't the first time he's let us down either. I just thought... He lets us down every bloody week. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he comes gold, man. You can rely on him sometimes. Oh, I'm surprised he managed to get fucking... You know, people coming up visitors we've had for the first time. Mm, exactly. You know, I mean, it's been great. We've had a tiger out, bloody lighthouse, and everything. But they've had to put up with him first. <laughs> he rolls in his sleep, though, doesn't oh. he? He's a machine at rowing. But yeah, yeah well, <laughs> sorry, guys. Well, what we have to look forward to now is we've got one more episode to mm, come. Now. The big that. one. But yeah, we've got a big Halloween special coming up next week. Oh. So hopefully, we want you all to tune into that. And it's not too late. If you did want a sort of Sort of like a last, just yeah. pip, pip at the post <laughs> to get something in. So if you get do, him in quick. If, so yeah, get them in quick. Exactly. Uh-huh. So if you do have a story, um, you can contact us at Crack and Cove Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, we're at uh, we're on Twitter at Crack and Cove, uh, Instagram at Crack and Cove Pod, but we're also on Facebook as well. We forget to say that. Yeah, true. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tap the old Crack and Cove into Facebook, and you'll find us there. And you can send us a little message, or even though it's quite it's easy to write sometimes a little yeah, story yeah. on Facebook, we can read that out. So yeah, get, get your little stories into us. Um, and if you wanted to record it and send it to us, which is even better, actually. Mm-hmm. It's lovely in the voices. Yeah, yeah, it's been brilliant. Get, get a good atmosphere, don't we? So, yeah, if you wanted to do that, uh, get in touch and I'll, I'll tell you how to get the file across to me. The easiest method. But um, all we're going to do now, I think, from uh, Crack and Cove is we're going to have to stoke the fire a little bit more yeah. to make sure there's still some members for next week. And then we're going to pop in yeah, for from shivering. We're fright or we cold. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's going to be a great big goodbye from Matt. And it's a spooky see you from Benny. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com. On Twitter at Kraken Cove. Or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha!